0: G I T A. God is the answer. Just pray. G I T A. God is the answer. Just pray. God is the only one that can fix it. God can do it. God can fix it. Man needs some help. He needs God's help. We need some help. God is the only one that can fix it. God can do it. God can fix it. G I T A. God is the answer. That's yes, right. What are you willing to do? Tell me what was said that was not true. The young and old no longer being sold, the new slave master will never get old. The state take control, prison system. Overflowing.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the KRE Poetry and Radio. Well, you know who you're talking to. This is Kenneth Richard Everett Jr. Tolar. Vanny's Boy, June Bugs, and to some of y'all now, it's Toe Bitches. So I just want to thank y'all for listening. Uh, before I get started, you know, I always share a poem, but I have to give a shout out to uh, Sister Poet. I uh, got a chance to go to her, uh, Rags to Riches. Awesome. Awesome. Did an awesome job. Uh, excellent. uh, Brittany uh, did an excellent job narrating all the actors and actresses. Did an excellent job. And uh, I just want to say, Thank you, Sister uh, Ford, for, for putting on such a fabulous uh, play. Well, you know, I always like to open up with a poem. And uh, I'm going to open up with a poem that my daughter wrote because, you know, next next week we're going to be doing a free uh, opportunity for you to get a chance to come out of here. My daughter and I recite poetry at the Forest Green Library in Dallas. In, uh, uh, it's going to be at from 2.30 to Sorry, one thirty to 3.30. But I'll give more information about that. But here's my poem that he wrote called, Will You Serve? What will you do to see his face, to know you did God's will and ran a godly race? What will you sacrifice to serve him? Could you give up all your sins? Could you run from the bars and run into the church? Could you bow down to Jesus and let him heal your hurt? Could you bow down to Jesus and let him lead you to changes, or will you satisfy the flesh? I'm telling you, one day you'll look in the mirror and hate yourself. You'll see what you are and what you are going to be and think of what you could have been if you let, had let Jesus in, let God into your heart. So hopefully um, you're willing to serve. Well, you know, today we're, we're talking about athletes uh, from Hamilton Park, great athletes. Uh, got two people on, well, three people really, but I got, uh, got Donald,
0: uh,
1: Donald Payton. Payton on. Donald Payton on. I got Walter Bonner on, and uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss. So what we're doing is we know there are a lot of athletes that came out of Hamilton Park, so we're going to talk about some of the athletes. And then next month we're going to hope that some of these athletes will be able to come on. But what we're going to do, we're going to brag about you today. So when you come on next month, you don't have to brag on your own self. We're going to talk about you. But before I do that, I want to, I want to talk about the fact that we're talking about track. So we, you know, my podcast is Here the Truth, but it's also about Jesus Christ. So I'm going to try to tie this in with, with track, football, basketball, baseball, and golf. So let just look some things that the Lord gave me. So let's say track. Well what track you let's think about the four by four. And all you have to do is run the the first leg. So when you run the first leg, you it off the second leg to Jesus Christ. See, it don't matter what place you come in on the on the first leg, because Jesus Christ is gonna run the second leg, third leg, and the ankle leg for you. So you know you're gonna win. Let's go to football. Okay, football is that you got to know that Jesus is on your team. And if you hand the ball out to him, it's an automatic touchdown. Okay? Let's go to baseball. He is the bat. So whenever you get up to bat, it's a home run. Let's go to basketball. He is the ball. All you got to do is just shoot it, and you will score. And if it's at the end of the game, you will win. Let's go to God. God is your caddy. He's going to always give you the right club. He's going to always show you where to putt so you'll never have a bogey. So now let's go to my guests. I got Don Payton, and I got Walter Bonner. And you always know how my uh, special guest uh TJ and my blue. My brother Harry may come on, but first of all uh, uh, since I got Mr. Donald on I want to mention to him first, and then I'm gonna go to Walter, but we all just gonna just kind of talk and, and come in mr um, tell us tell us take about thirty seconds to tell us why you uh, are here on this show because you got so much information but just 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 kind of say a little bit about about what you've been doing to to make sure that a lot of this information is not going lost.
2: Well, we've been working on getting uh, some markers put up, some historical markers. We just uh, had uh, one uh, just last year, or year before that, set out a scholar Anderson Bonner Memorial, and uh, that's to salute uh a uh, very prosperous black man who was born in slavery and ended up being very successful. As a matter of fact, he was the largest uh, black landowner in Northern sector of uh, Northern sector of Dallas. And uh, also uh, very progressive people, a man named, uh, who was a former slave. He ended up being successful. His name was Henry Keller. And uh and so we were all connected with uh the Bonners and uh and the Keller out at uh out at a place called Hamilton Park, uh where we all either graduated or went to school there. And uh you know, they were a group of very successful people at different eras. Uh we had to say uh Bonner was successful right after slavery and then uh in the nineteen fifties they built a neighborhood called Hamilton Park and it was a very successful neighborhood built by and for uh Black folks, and so uh you know we were very special, so you know uh it was good to grow up around people who uh produced good products and you were talking about sports uh, we had some of the best golfers in the in the city who uh, came from uh, that Hamilton Park and Court Road area. We had Walter's little brother, Richard Bonner, who was one of the top black golfers in the state. He went down to uh, play at Prairie View, and they won championships. And uh, he was a part of that. And, uh, you know, Walter's brother, he was the first black, Graduate from Hampton Park and earn a PhD. Harold Bonner. Oh, oh
1: really? Well, Miss Miss, oh, oh, hold on one second. I mean, you giving me you giving me all this information, and here's the thing that I'm thinking about. And you're gonna come back on and finish that thought because I know I know Richard Bonner is coming, but but I got Walter own. And when you were talking about uh, Anderson Bonner, and you were talking about his, I guess his great great grandfather. Uh, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pause just a little bit, uh, Mr. Payton, and and I want. Uh, uh, Walter, to come on and, and 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 talk a little bit about about Allison Vaughn because you brought that up and a lot of people don't know uh, about the the school Allison Vaughn and I remember because I lived on on uh, Clovisfield Drive and I remember the school uh, I guess I, before they tore it down and did all of the drill so so Walter spend a little time watching and I'm gonna bring Mister Mister uh, uh, back on but talk about your relative man, your grandfather I guess in, in, in about Allison Bourne and what you remember.
3: Okay, Allison Bunn was my great grandfather and he was uh, born in uh Alabama and the, the, uh the people that owned him moved to Texas and uh Alison was a what I understand was a very, very sharp slave. I mean he he did things like shoe horses, he was a blacksmith. Also he knew how to kin the cotton, make the cotton grow, he did lots of things like that. So when his uh owner, daughter decided to get married, well Anderson, uh, uh, uh the uh daughter needed somebody to you know help him out. So her father decided to give Ansomar to her as a wedding person. So he went and, and uh stayed with her and then later on he and his brother and his sister I don't know about the sister, but he and his brother, after, free, after they were freed, they started buying land. Now, no, number one thing I want you to understand, too, I, I can not remember what a year it is now. He and his brother went down and registered to vote after slavery. That's the kind of man he was. But, however, let me tell you this part about him. He would work and save a little money. This is down on the area about Forest Lane and, uh, and uh, Central Expressway in that area. And as he get money, he would put it back until he got enough to buy a few acres of land, okay? This was down near the White Rock Creek where it was flooding, and the people were glad to get rid of it because they thought, oh, I can get rid of this land. But anyway, he bought this land, and he started having chickens and cows and uh, this, that, now, and the other. he would sell eggs and do that, and he started saving more money. They'd buy more land. So as he started uh, getting quite a bit of land, he started putting cotton on it. And we got enough cotton where all these kids, he, he had several boys, they couldn't pick it all. People started coming in from uh, different cities, little towns, black people, to pick cotton. So, that's a bunch built some little houses on the property. The property's located, let me give you an idea where it's located. You know, where uh, uh, Greenville Avenue and Hillcrest, okay, Court Road and LBJ, in bet- those areas in between there, that's, it was owned pretty much by Anderson So People come in from different uh, little towns like Rockwall, Waxahachie, Plano, Plain and they were selling. He built little houses, they would stay in there. So then Anderson Bonner started having the, the, these boys, you know, they, they started seeing these little girls coming in from different, different towns. So they married, and, they, and then the kids were born. They had to marry somebody in this almost same family. I mean, it was not related, but like my mother and uh, my daddy married my. The, the other sister and brother the other, other side. So the, 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 the settlement out there on Court Road was called White Rock, pretty much is where Amson Bonner started, the whole black area. When you say Hamilton Park, probably wouldn't be there if it went Bonner because black people didn't live out this area. It was Popeyes on one side of Amson Bonner and the Caruth on the other side. So now from what I understand, the Caruths I know, they almost more anybody in, in, in Dallas. The Huffines from Richardson up there, I talked to a lot of them, they say I just a walk land just like the rest of them. He was, now he couldn't read or write. He sign his name was an X. However, he had uh people help him out, like Dr. Max, Dr. Armstrong, Lawyer Turner. He could not read his name, but he was a businessman. He bought uh, up to around two thousand acres of land. And as he farmed this land and people came in and farmed uh, you know, farmed and they picked cotton and they make money too. Anderson Bar died, so when some of the land was sold, uh, my, I understand my grandmother told me that he sold a section of land to a, to a family that decided they wanted to move the school down on that land from Hillcrest down Court Road, and they wanted to name it. It was called Hillcrest at that point. They wanted to name it Anderson Bar, So Anderson Bar was, was a school that people, black people went to from 1 through 12 at that time. Later on it became 1 through eight. But anyway, the school was named anderson Bonner. Everybody from Mr. Uh, Richardson uh, over uh, Church Road, uh, Anderson—no, not Anderson School, but they went to anderson Bonner. Now, let me tell you something that happened. I was in—I was in the sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, and uh, teacher came up and told us they were going to build us a new school. anderson Bonner was going to be brand new, big school. So oh, really, we were all getting excited. Well, we didn't know the school was gonna be up in, in another area. But of the Park was already being houses being built there. No school, just houses. And the people started moving to the Park, well, the first year, no school, so they came to Anderson Bonner. People don't know that. Roland Cart, his sisters and Howard Burley and several people that visited Hamilton Park went to Anderson Bonner school. We had a basketball team, track team and then we were good. They were good at it. But okay, I don't want to talk too much right now, but anyway. The schools was Anderson other school, and then later on, you know, we still get, you know, selling out. My parents sold out, and my uncle, great uncles and great aunts, they sold out. So now it's all, you know, commercial property. But anyway, I, I pretty much told you the story of Anderson Bonner. Now, let me go to this, too. You mentioned Henry Keller. But Keller owned about seven acres, because they ended up in the Addison area. And uh, that is my wife, Audrey Chella Bonner. That was her great-grandfather. Now, don't, don't try to borrow any money, because we're both still poor. But anyway, <laughs> hey, those those two men owned all that property, two black men, and they both were slaves. And I didn't know Mr. Kelly. he died before, but I didn't know I was either. But those two men came from out of slavery, and they started build, uh, uh, building up an empire. I mean, buying land, selling cotton, selling corn, farming. you know. So that's the much history on, on my side of the family, and then... Let me put it this way, too. The, the Bonner's married, and the, the Fields married, a Bonner, and the Bonner married a Turner, and the Turner's married a Bonner, Bonner. So everybody started getting, you know, related there. I, I couldn't find a girlfriend until Hamilton Park. But I was so glad to see Hamilton Park come out. Now, the only person that uh, the most, uh, one of the prettiest girls went to Hamilton Park that I was school with from 1 through twelve. I talked about it last week, was Mary Mary Jefferson, which was married to her then. We never did. I never did go with anything, I guess my wife said, Why are you have like Mary? I said I love Mary as a it's more like a sister. But so I was so glad you haven't parked them up because there were some girls came in. That wasn't wasn't my cousins. Everybody I talked to before that was my cousin almost. So so Lord, that pretty much explains about uh, you know, my family. I've been to almost everybody around it's just been here for a long time.
1: I tell and, you what, uh, I know that I know that, um, uh Walter, I know that what you stated I know uh that Don Payton, got he wanna piggyback on something I can I can just feel him itching to want to piggyback. So so piggyback yeah. on that and then uh for the next ten minutes uh we we'll, we'll stop and then we'll start mentioning some athletes. But this is so interesting. This is so much information. See that's why I'm so glad about uh the Lord and giving me this podcast, it's called Hear the Truth. And since since we come out hearing the truth, uh it, it's a it's a blessing to know that, that God has kept y'all here long enough. For me to have this podcast To have y'all to come on So this will be on next year Two years, ten years People can go and hear about this So, I, so, Walter, I just want to thank you For, for what you just uh, That information you just given out Now, Don, yeah. I'm going to let you go And piggyback on what he was talking about, Don, Go ahead, it's on you
2: Yeah, well, see uh, It was already Some successful black folks Who live out in from uh, Dallas out there, you had uh, uh, the Parties. They uh, own land over where uh, near where Hillcrest High School is, and they married the Macmillan. So uh, you already had some uh, successful before Hamilton Park was built. Uh you did have some successful black folk. I heard Walter mention Doctor S. W. Armstrong. He was one of the first black doctors to uh come down to uh uh this part of uh North Texas and uh you had some uh uh doctor I mean a uh, uh, Turner uh Attorney uh, J.L. Turner. He was. Uh, he lit, came out of that area. He was one of the first black lawyers in the uh, in the state of Texas, and uh, he was a, a very successful uh, rich white people. He was a land lawyer, basically, and rich white people would pay him just to come and sit in. The, sitting and listening on cases dealing with land and probate. And so uh, he was uh, a graduate of uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, major law schools. So all of these people, we had Dr. Max Shan who uh, bought land out there and uh Doctor, uh, uh, he had land built at houses and real estate just for black folks. He's got a road out there named Max Road, and it's under stress now. People are trying to get the black people off of it and and uh, put in whatever it is they they need rather than what we need, and so uh, Dallas uh was going through some serious racial issues after World War Two. And uh these men uh were coming home and the word was, you know, okay, you you all done went off and you all done fought against Hitler and fought against Tojo and all of these others fought against fascism. Well, now you know your place. Get on back in your place. you welcome back. Get back. And so they said, "Well, no, we ain't getting back, man. We ain't gonna move in these old houses. These houses, those shotgun houses, ain't got no running water. Ain't got no electricity. And a lot of these, a lot of these people were men who had gone home." fought in the war and came back and went into them GI sc- schools that were established by the GI Bill. A lot of them went down to Prairie View and Wiley and they got these degrees, uh, teaching degrees. and uh, uh, My dad had a, a landscape degree and uh, so they say, well, now, man, we're going to have to we going to move, but we're going to have to move up. And they say, well, move up well Because basically everybody, uh, the core of Black Dallas was uh, what we call uptown, but it used to be called Thomason Hall, off of state down there. And, uh, and so... Uh, the black folks were all crowded into this one little neighborhood, basically. And so when they came home from the war, they say, well, you know, we're going to have to uh, uh, move up, and, and we're going to move up by moving out. So they started moving into uh, South Dallas, what we know is South Dallas, around that Fair Park area over there and uh, buying houses, and it started white flight. White people started getting up out of there, and as a result, they were mad at the black folks who were moving in, so they started throwing dynamite and uh, mountain shop cocktails and going and knocking on people's doors, threatening them if they move in. Uh, something bad was going to happen. So uh, the, these GIs, you know, they still had fighting on their mind. They had just just a matter of years come out of that come out of that war. So they said, "Well, uh, we're gonna uh, if y'all start y'all start shooting at us, we're gonna start shooting back." And uh, of course, the white people they said, "Oh no, 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 we don't." We can't have y'all shooting back now, you know, we're gonna any shooting be going on, we're gonna yeah, any shooting going on, we're gonna be the ones in charge of the shooting. So uh the uh blacks started moving into South Dallas and now the uh, the whites with money, the rich families they started moving far north. They started moving out there off of Meadow Road and Forest Lane and uh, moving out in that area. And the middle class, the middle class white people that were moving out of South Dallas, uh, the blue ones, they moved to South Oak Cliff over where South Oak Cliff High School is over there. And the poor, poor white people, they moved to Pleasant Grove. And uh and the ones who was moved past Pleasant Grove, they started moving out in a place called Mesquite. Because see now you got the development of suburbia. You got places like Grand Prairie and Mesquite and Plano and Richardson, people started moving out of Five dollars, moving out to those kind of places. And so uh, they say, well, what are we going to do about the blacks? And they say, well, let's build them some houses down in the river bottom where in the flood plain. And they say, no, say, they ain't going to go for that, man. They, they pretty well-educated people now. They, uh, they ain't going to just go for anything that you tell them, you know, just because you're white don't mean you're right, you see. So uh, they say, well, we got to be careful where we build because if we build Negroes' nice houses, then the white folks going to get mad because their houses are nicer than that. And they say, well, we can't build it where the black folks see it, so because if they see it, they are gonna want more. So they say, well, uh, so you gotta understand how Dallas is built. Dallas has always had white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods next to each other, because that's where they had these pockets of black folks who uh, work for cooked and clean and took care of the white folks' families. So they always had black folks near them so the black folks could walk to work. So they say, well, uh let's build this out in front of Dallas where the black folks can't see it. And plus it'll be uh 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 see black folks have always lived near plants and and all them kind of places. So they were building this new company out there in Richardson called Texas Instruments. So they say, well, Texas Instruments is going up out there and they're going to need some people to clean the building and clean the floors. So Hamilton Park will serve as a, a work resource for Texas Instruments. I think Walter worked at Texas Instruments, didn't you? Sure,
3: they did. Have- 35 years.
2: 35 years. Well, see, Walter was a perfect
3: example. Oh, boy. Yeah. Let me explain something. Huh? Let me explain something about that text messenger thing. We saw I worked there, yes. Can I cut you on? You there? to explain something. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, in 1962. I was uh, coming back out of college. I quit college and decided to get married. When well, I had a job. There's only, only two jobs that almost a black man could get at Texas Instruments at that time, back in 1962. Either cutting the grass or sweeping the floors. So I got a job cutting the grass. 1963, the government started saying, wait a minute. We need to get some black people doing some other things. So then they came and... Uh, I, well, they found out I had some college, so they came and talked to me and said, We need to get you a job in, in, in the front at Texas Instruments. I was working for another company called Floors, and I'd be working in the mail room. Okay, not only that. What was it called, Watson? What now? What was your place called? It was called uh, uh, Floors Incorporated, because they were a company that cleaned the floors and cut the grass, and they had bunch of black people, you know, hired doing that. So I quit. I, mean, I got laid off from that job. I mean, they were going to hire me to do another job because they were, the government was getting on them for not hiring black people to do other jobs. But the man came to me and said, you got a job interview set up for a certain date, and then the next day, T. I was having a layoff, so I didn't get the job. A few years later, uh, I got the opportunity to go to work for Texas Management. Sweeping the floors, I did that for nine months. Government getting on them heavy again, so I got a job in the print control. So I went from sweeping the floor, cutting the grass, sweeping the floor and I ended up my 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 top job was an engineering technician. So you see, uh-huh. where I was back in those days. We had to we had to start at the bottom, like you know we couldn't hardly have a job inside the building other than sweep clean the floors. But then again, the government made them uh, you know they're getting black people jobs, so I ended up. In fact, I was in, uh, um uh, what's called a front end where we're doing integrated circuits. And I was, uh, they give tests and all, and I would beating everybody out on the test and all, on, on, you know, doing stuff like that. So, you know, from cutting grass, I would end up being over, over everybody in a certain department. So, you know, we we, we just wow. didn't get a chance sometimes. So, to so i turn it back over to you. I mean, uh, 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 Peyton, i turn it back over to you. I just wanted to cut in and, and bring out that point.
0: No.
2: The uh that was kinda of what Hampton Park was uh built for. Uh and you had these educated women, these teachers and some more people, and they were led by a lady named Miss Sadie G. Miss G, uh another lady named Miss Burton, Miss Bruton. Miss Bruton, Naomi Bruton, they went and told uh went up there to the white folks and say, Say man, say we educated people. We can do more and cut grass and sweep floor. We need some we wanna move up so we can do better. And so that was why T I started hiring people that work the first person was Miss Bruden. Uh, she had she was a, a actress. And uh she was the first black screen actress, first black woman in Dallas to have a actress card. And uh it's a theater downtown their name the name of Bruden Theater it's uh, down there at the Junior Black Academy of Arts and Letters T ball. And so uh uh Miss Bruton got on and uh and then it started TI to change in their hiring policies. So uh uh see that was again going back in the reason that took that Hampton Park was put there is that they saw that Dallas was on the verge of having race riots, that these black folks were getting ready to start to fight back. Uh about all that bombing and all that bombing and all of that that uh uh modern child cocktails and things. So uh a group of people all got together a group of uh uh liberal white men, supposedly liberal white men, Uh, one of the leaders was a guy named Carl Hoblitzell. He controlled all of the theaters in uh, Southwest. The Majestic and the Forest Theater, all of those were Hoblitzell's theaters. So Hoblitzell, a man named Milton Tobian, uh, See RL Thornton, Fred Florence, they own the banks. So they was floating the loans you could go to their their places and get a loan. And so that way they cover your note. So you had to you had to be married. That was one of the rules, you had to be married and they it suggested that you have children. So that offered them, you know, a a feeling of stability that if you were married and had kids, you were going to be able to... We were paying $65 a month, house notes. And so uh, uh, all of that was headed up by uh, a guy named A. Maceo Smith. He was in charge of government uh participation in uh in dallas anything getting federal money had to come through Maceo. and uh and dr dr hamilton he was uh, 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 dr richard t hamilton he was uh, a very prominent physician uh here in dallas into the 19 from the 1930s, uh, well, really from the 1920s up through, uh, going into after the war, after the, the Second World War. So, you know, the liberal white men, rich white men, the bankers, Fred Florence, he owned the Republic Bank. So, the Republic Bank underwrote, uh, Negroes uh, house notes uh and then you had r l. Thornton he owned the first National bank, so the first National bank carried uh the house notes, and a lot of those men uh were working two jobs, a lot of them talked in the daytime uh and waited parties waited on parties and served parties and stuff as a second job, a lot of them were yard men uh, who went out and cut rich white people's people's yards. But then you also had some black millionaires who lived in Hamilton Park. They had a guy, his wife taught at Hamilton Park School named uh, Mr. Newsom. Yeah, Mr. Newsom, he got to be, he was a millionaire. Uh, you had uh, uh, Mr. Truba. You remember Mr.
3: Truba, Walter? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think Mr. Truber didn't he end up being a millionaire?
3: I don't think he's a millionaire, but he was a businessman all, all his life. That was Neffa Nef- 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 Love's uh, stepdad. Was it? Yes. He was okay, married to listen, Bonna, yes. His first wife.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, you had some folks who were living out, who I didn't have an apart, who lived very well. And, uh, and then we had some of the smartest teachers in the Richardson Independent School District because, see, black folks couldn't get advanced degrees in the state of Texas. Once you got If you were fortunate enough to get you a bachelor's degree, then uh, you had to go out of the state to get advanced degrees. So uh, our teachers went to places like uh, Columbia and UCLA and University of Southern California. So they was a whole lot smarter than uh, a lot of the uh, white teachers. You see, very advanced, very advanced people. Mr we had a assistant principal, Mr. Goss. He was a system principal at Hamlin Park. He was a nationally recognized swimmer. Yeah, he was uh, one of the top black swimmers in the state in the in the country. Manuel goss. He was uh 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 Vice Principal. System Principal. And uh, I had a teacher named Miss Stark, Miss V.T. Stark. She was... You remember her, Walter?
3: Oh, man, do I remember her? We called her Mama. Yeah, she was there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 She
2: was uh, uh, one of the top black Republicans in the state of Texas. Before a man would run for governor, he would go by and check with Miss V T Stark. Her grandfather knew Abraham Lincoln. Wow. Yeah, Miss Stark stayed on Bella Fonte there. And uh and so uh we had a, a, a English teacher, a lady named Miss Hardy, and uh, I heard was we one of the top jazz uh, uh, jazz saxophonists in the world. John John Hardy taught a uh, band over in Madison, and he used to travel around the world playing. Uh, it's kind of saxophone. And uh we had uh uh well wow, do you remember Mr. Breed
3: Oh yeah, my, my his coach. He's
2: the first coach, he coached, wasn't yeah.
3: he? Yeah, he's coach of uh, the second year on the park was uh, established. He was football, basketball, track coach. I do, I he remember everything, yeah. Huh? Everything, yeah. He was uh very good math teacher. My wife talks about him now. And uh, he, in football and all, he was a uh, type of guy that didn't care what size you were or where you lived and all that. If you made if you made the team and you did your job, you played. Uh, in some cases, you know, depending on where you live and all that. Bree Love didn't play that, and uh, he only coached there one year, because he said he had to go where the grass was greener. But anyway, I've got a picture here now. I'm just looking at it with Breedlove Love and uh, all the football team. This was a second football team that had. Uh, I played with I played with two of my brothers back then. Actually, I played with three. I played with my two older brothers and I played with Richard, my younger baby brother. But we're talking about sports. Some of these guys on there you some of y'all probably never heard of like James Hurd, John Hurd, Harold Bonner. Eddie Reed uh, Calvin Hubbard, Ernest Ross. And let me tell you something else that, that was really weird, weird though. Uh, having a part first year didn't win a game, not the second year either. But the second year I was in the eighth grade and I decided to go out for football. Mr. Uh, Breedlove was the coach then, John Love and Mac, Mr. McKnight was the coaches the first year, but they, neither one of them played football, I don't think. But anyway, Mr. Breedlove was there and I walked up if I wanted to play. I was about uh, five foot seven, eight, weighed 130 something pounds. And he looked at me and said, You want to play? I said, I sure do. He said, Well, stand over there. Well, the team didn't have very many players that time, so you know, they couldn't turn anybody down. But in you know, fact, that was something. Here come two little guys named MacArthur Galloway and George Hicks. They were in the, I was in the 8th grade. They were in the 7th grade. They said, we want to play football. But they couldn't play, couldn't actually play because they were, you know, too young. But anyway, they go to the football. No, I so what people know is, Hamilton without MacArthur Galloway and uh, George Hicks and myself joining up on the team, they wouldn't have had enough guys to play football back in those days. But we had some guys come out of y'all, as you know, MacArthur Galloway, George Hicks, name not mentioned very much. Those guys were tough players, man. They wanted to be in there. They they were little small, little pieces of leather, but well put together. You know what Marriott's guys did. <laughs> yeah, George Hicks was a good player, too. And i i not brave, but I was pretty good myself. But anyway, I just <laughs> want to say that we have lots of these guys that people don't know anything about. You never heard of probably uh, Jimmy Jackson. He's the first quarterback of have the board. Jimmy Jackson, and then there was, was Black, Black Jimmy Jack. You, you heard of him? Black Jimmy Jack. Yeah, he's a pretty good quarterback too. And then we had a, a another guy. I can't remember his name. He was in a band. Big tall fellow. Can't remember his name. He played, uh, uh, and you know he was, he was probably six four. But most of our most of our guys were around five nine, five ten. And we had Frankie Galway was a pretty big guy. My brother was my brother Charles was six one or two, Charles Henry, and and my brother Harold was a big, the biggest guy on the team. I guess he was the captain of the team. He was pretty good, pretty good size. And Calvin Hubbard. Uh, we had some guys that were very small, but some some large ones. Now, none of those guys came out the Roy Turner, is Mac is uh. uh uh, Charles Dotson, William Neal Piggins, John J- John Hurd, as uh, I'm looking at these names here, Maynard Giddens, and uh, another guy that uh, I didn't mention, he's pretty small, but he didn't come out that year. Bobby Brown, he was a bad little boo. Little, little bitty guy, but good player. Now, how point. He Park, plays center. I, what now?
2: I said he plays center.
3: Oh, yeah. Bobby was a pretty good, pretty good ball player, too. Uh, my senior year in nineteen sixty. We we lost we lost one game, my last game. But nobody scored over twelve points on us and we didn't score under I can't remember now, I think it was 20, 20 something or something like that. And we lost the last game. But people don't realize it, but the year of nineteen sixty the Park had a bad football team then too, man. We didn't let's say we lost one game. And uh what happened in the
2: final. We went to the
3: quarterfinals
2: that year. We played West Station.
3: Right, you got it. But well, let me tell you something else. I'm sitting here talking to you with my arm in a sling, playing football. I got my shoulder messed up, and I'm wondering if that's what caused it. Anyway, I just want to say that. But we had some guys on there. Maybe we had some good football players on there. Now, if MacArthur Galloway had gotten hurt the year before that, if he had been well, we would have won the state in 1960, I believe. But yeah, Dr. Griffin. Go ahead. Say what now? Yeah,
2: I said we would have won it because Mac was one of the fastest boys in the state.
3: That's right. Well, in that division, he—that I mean, uh so we were one of then. He was the fastest. So Mac, uh, Mac beat everybody. I remember when Mac was running track back when we were in about the—I was in maybe the ninth and he was in the eighth. And uh, I'm trying to think who it was at Boogaloo T. Uh, Stone Stone Johnson. Y'all may have heard it, maybe not Al They were guys with the bullet team could run. And Mac was running a hundred yard dash. Mac would take off a standing up and take off. So those guys got Mac, even though they were running against him sometimes, and told Mac how taught him how to get out out of out of the uh how to get out of this, out of the uh man i running right. blocks. Yeah, out of out of blocks. And so you know that's where that's way we were back in the day. We if, if an athlete from another school saw you doing something wasn't right, he would say, "Man, try it this way." And we played against Grand Prairie. Now Garland, we played against Garland, and we had to go over there. We had to put helmets on and all kinds of stuff. Get down on the floor because we played football. Because man, they didn't have bricks coming through the window and all kinds of stuff. But generally, the rule we play uh, teams, we get along good. We play Grand Prairie. I played against Charlie Taylor football, and uh, wow. in fact. Yeah, we we played against them, and uh, the principal of, of Grand Prairie was actually my cousin. His name was Daniels. I'm talking Daniels. Uh, was, uh, w. A. Daniels was the principal, and uh, so we got to where we'd go over there, and they're just like family. Maybe they have have us eat and everything. Let us eat and uh, feed us real well. The golf training met about oh twenty years ago, and they had had to have uh they had some uh, guys that. Were well known guys out there and there's a guy called me and say hey man do you know Charlie Taylor? I said, Yeah I bet against him. He was over there in the crowd. So I went over there and I said, Oh I hey, yeah man, how you doing? I told him where I was where, where he, Oh yeah, I remember you. I remember you. You know you're lying, but anyway I told you by the time that uh I was a little bitty, of little bitty guys starting out playing football and we kicked off. I don't know who got the ball, I was running down the field had my head turned sideways, because I didn't know what you're supposed to do. I was my my first year of playing. And I ran smack dab in the in the child man I hit the ground and I saw stars and stripes and everything, and I was telling him about it, he said oh yeah I remember that he yeah, said that was an accident <laughs> so you know, lied anyway <laughs> I don't want to have to show telling of those stories but
2: no
1: you know no you know what you know what the thing that the thing I look at with uh, with the two of you talking and I got PJ on and, and my brother gonna be on is the fact that you know sometimes you got to find a way to hook people. And 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 I'm just thinking about this just right now. I'm thinking about how God has uh, hooked the people to come on and listen to the show because they want to listen about all the athletes, right? But but as I, you know, being an educator, and then to hear y'all talk about all educated black people back in the day, and then we want to put more we want to put more emphasis on athletics when 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 the education has brought us to where we are right now. And, and I was just moved. I'm serious. I was moved to hear about all these educated people back back then when you were talking about Mr. Bonner. You know, that didn't read but was a businessman. You know, and then you look at all these not not all these not today, but a lot of athletes that lost a lot of money because they were they didn't know business, they didn't have no business. And here you talk about uh, uh, people that didn't 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 have a the reading ability, but then you talked about the ones that once the opportunity was made. When I heard Mr. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Uh, Donald talking about how the, the teachers had to go out of town or go out of the state to get a better education, I, I'm just I'm just really moved uh, and uh, with this and, and and let me have I, I got about ten more minutes on because y'all y'all I, I done hooked you Walter I hooked you yeah. and then I done hooked Donald too because y'all coming back again. You know, and we're going to get a chance to talk about the athletes when we do. But, man, what y'all have shared with with me and my listening audience is more valuable than hearing about some athletes. So, T.J., come on, T.J., I, I know you you like in the starting blocks right now. You want to run out right now. So, T.J., that's what you want that's to say, <laughs> <What>?
2: That's the father. That's the father. That's T.J. <laughs> yeah, he's the well, original. original OG. come on.
4: And everyone else yes, on, on this, uh, this show this afternoon, I want to tell you how, how thankful I am for you to give me an opportunity to always have an opportunity to talk about Hamilton Park and Jesus Christ. Now, yes, I'm so excited about this program so far because of two reasons, and the two reasons are the two people, Walter Bonner and Donald Everything that they were saying, some of it I'd heard, some of it I hadn't heard. However, when Tola, when you got in touch with me and you told me what you were planning on doing, the type of guests you wanted on this show today, and you asked me uh, who to call, who should I get in touch with, and I remember I said, look, I'm going to give you a list of people, and what I want you to do is start at the top and go through the bottom and the two that you choose for the first first show would probably be, and without me saying anything, I stopped myself. And then when Walter, when he called back and he told me the ch- two choices that he had made, and it was Donald Payton and Walter Bonner, and I said, I knew exactly why. Now, what I was here to do today is to try and give us a little brief summary of what we've heard so far, and this is what we've heard. Congratulations to Sister Pruitt. came from uh, Tolar, and he uh, got an opportunity to go to that play. And then he shared his poem with us that his that his daughter had written. And I want to tell you again, Tolar, you, you need to quit telling people that you've been writing those poems. We know your daughter's been doing
3: that. <laughs> so
4: what, what uh, Donald and Walter had to offer was something that I couldn't offer completely because once I remembered when we first started having our school-wide reunions, it was some things that we wanted to always express to how Hamilton Park got started and what Hamilton Park meant. And my source of information was, Walt, was Donald Payton and Walter, Parner, and Walter Bonner. And I said it like that because we all attended school together. Walter and I, as a matter of fact, we were down at Jarvis Christian College together for a little while. And so we've always gone back and forth with certain situations, certain subjects. And this is what I've really realized. Whenever I wanted some information and I wanted it to be confirmed information, I would always try and get in touch with Don and or Walter. And anyone that needed some information, if they came to me I would suggest that they would talk to Walter Bonner or Donald Payton. Those were my first always my first choices. And I can't I can't tell you about Mr. Bonner like Walter can. I can't tell you about Hamilton Park and the history of Dallas like like Donald Payton can. However, I can say this, Walter and his family a Christian family, they are they're Christ-like, and they know that if it wasn't for the Lord, that we wouldn't have we would have a harder harder time if we didn't believe in Christ. And that's what I will show us about people. We've got to believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. I however,
3: no.
4: I have. I can say this can say this, I've always had a great opportunity when I was around Donald, when I'm around Walter, and when I'm around a number of people from this Hamilton Park area. The things that they were talking about, how the Hamilton Park got started, and the growth of Hamilton Park, and even the growing up of Hamilton Park, including the students and the teachers, students as well. We all came from the same type of background, and our background was something similar. It was always like this. Enjoy your opportunity. Enjoy your opportunity to get an education, because the education is what's going to take you uh, probably farther than anything else in this entire world during those particular times, were in the early 50s, late 60s, middle 70s. If you didn't have an education And even if you did have an education, you still had to be twice as smart and be twice as successful in doing things as any other group of people. That's the way it was for black people during during those times. One thing about Hamilton Park and the Hamilton Park area, everybody in the Hamilton Park area, we all seem to think the same way. We always wanted to go to church on Sunday mornings. We always wanted to go to school every day. We always wanted to hang out on the park. We always wanted to do. We all wanted to do the same thing. Uh, the thing that held us together as a group of people, trying to make it in those difficult times, was church first. The community was second. Going to school was third. The family was up in there. We were. We were. We were. We were really Christians and didn't even realize it because our parents had already instilled in us those things, those values of life. It was easy for me to all of a sudden retire from General Motors at one time, retire from Collins Radio at one time, and even work at Texas Instruments at one time. But my most important part of my life was when I found out that Jesus Christ loved me that was most important to me. And that's what my parents and our teachers had been telling us at the same time. We were growing up, we were hearing it. We've been hearing this all our lives. And so what Walter and Don Payton were saying, they just they, they were just they were just tip of the iceberg. There are so many other good stories, so many true stories. I know when Don got involved off into it, into the history, into finding out what this means and what does this mean and what does this not mean, it was when Alex Haley came out with this book called Rooks, and then some type of movie was made. And after that, Donald took off. And when I say he took off, man, Donald used to tell me some things that you guys haven't heard about, but they're true. And the thing that I like about this is that I don't have to be in that light in that lane to know about that life that Walter and Donald are talking about. However, we're just getting started this week. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and we plan on having more guests on here on this podcast that's going to tell you some things that's going to be new to me, and that's going to say some things that's going to be new to you. So just stick with us,
3: and Kolar,
4: we, we we've just begun, man. Darling Walton, they know what's going on. Take it from me. I know they know because I've been with them all my life. Thanks, Toron. Well, appreciate you,
2: man. Uh, uh, one guy we should really be thankful for, they don't talk much about him, but Coach Jones. Yeah. Coach Jones, if things would have been south, Coach Jones would have been the first black quarterback in the NFL Coach Jones Coached at a school called Florida N M University And his uh, Coach Jones Number one Receiver was a guy named Willie Gallimore mm-hmm. Who uh, is One of the first blacks In the Hall of Fame And at Coach Jones Era they went Something like forty and three down at Florida and m They beat everybody in the country, and we were lucky to get Coach Jones. He came in. When did he come in, Walter? Sixty?
3: No, he he was there when I was there. He came in in sixty-two.
4: The, the year after we left, Walter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The year after we left. Let, let, let yeah, me say this 61. real quick. Uh, let me say this real quick, Don. And not to be disrespectful, yeah. or or anything like that. No,
2: no, no, no. But man, look, no, no. check this
4: out. Check this out. When we when we get ready with this with this podcast, we knew that we wouldn't be able to tell all of the stories. I mean, every little every little thing that you've said, every little thing that Walt is saying, every little bit that I'm saying, it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's you just it's just the beginning. I mean, when Hamilton Park first came about. There was something like maybe a football team that may have won two games in four years. And then all of a sudden things started happening. Students start getting better. And then, of course, coaching started getting better. Griffin, coach Griffin was our first coach. But we didn't get a chance. Walt and I didn't get a chance to play under Coach Jones. But we heard about it. And, boy, we were saying things like this. Walt and I would say things like this while we were at Jarvis. Man, if Coach Jones had been there, we would we would have gotten past our quarterfinals. so oh. we would have probably played for state just like oh, the oh, yeah. We played the quarterfinals, they won state. Yeah, see, everything everything yeah, was a was stepping West stone.
2: Everything.
4: Station. I'm sorry, everything was a stepping stone. Everything was like yeah. we were getting better and better and better, and that was in everything educational wise sports wise and we had a band that people were even talking about still talking about it we had we had we had we had a choir that people are still talking about it we had we had musicians out here we had entertainers out here we had everything out here Every, everything we felt was routine it was something that hadn't been done before, all because of the environment that we were in that's that's the way it was, and that's the way look. We we ain't heard nothing yet. That's all I gotta say. You just wait. We ain't heard you know, nothing yet.
1: Yeah. You know the thing that I like more than anything is that when you can come together and and you know that the people that you're talking with are in love with Jesus Christ. You know yes. I, I've been knowing Walter for ever since I was little, and now I feel like I've been knowing uh, <laughs> Donald Faith because you just feel people's spirit, and and you feel the love that they have, and and, and to hear uh Walter talk about his uh his great grandfather and, and what he, and his accomplishments and how he, I can feel how proud he was and then uh for me to hear about uh, how Don talk about the success and, and, and how far uh we've come as far as achievement and, and and how important education has been because I want I want my listening audience to, to 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 hear what they're saying because we they're raising children now. They we got we got children that that don't know, that don't even know Jesus Christ because their parents haven't introduced them to them. And, and we got some children that, that think it's all about athletics, which is good because you can get the scholarship, but you've got to have the education. And then so I heard about all the success. And, and I'm just so, I'm so thankful that, uh, that uh, we're letting people hear more about what Hampton Park meant to each one of you and, and, and all the people that have come from out of Hampton Park. That 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 pride that is still out, uh,
2: uh, that well, type of pride. Well, up to this day, up uh, to this day, Coach. I don't know if uh, if you ever knew Coach Blakely, Mendel Blakely.
3: Yes. His
2: granddaughter is the second best gymnast in the world. She's what? gonna be. She's on the uh, Olympic team with Simone Biles. That's right. Her name, is, her name is Sky Blakely. Yeah, she's number two in the world. And she got a sister named Sloan Blakely. She's top ten in the world. This is Linda, Coach Blakely, who went to Hamilton Park, graduated Hamilton Park, went down to Tuskegee, all-American at Tuskegee, and then from there uh, came back to Hamilton Park and coached and uh, turned out some hell of a track athlete. And his daddy, Lindos' daddy, he was an All-American athlete. They went to uh, Tuskegee, and one year Tuskegee won uh uh Negro National Championship with four men. One okay. uh national championship with four with four men. And uh so you know we we ain't just stop turning out. Stop turning out at least if you get a chance go in and look up Sky Blakely. S K Y E Sky Blakely, that's Coach Blakely's granddaughter. Been to, yes. been to represent the world,
0: yes, yes. To, uh, wow.
2: at the 2024 Olympics. So uh, mm-hmm. we ain't stop we ain't stop turning out turning out top top people. You know the beat goes on. Uh, and
4: what you saying? You know, you know, what uh, you what uh, saying that? What you saying that, Donald? I'm so glad you uh, you had an opportunity to say that like you did. The beat goes on. See the list that we have that we want other people to come on and tell them their accomplishments at Hamilton Park and what their connection is. And you're not gonna be surprised if, you're not gonna be uh, surprised when you hear Don I'm sorry, when you hear Lindolf speaking. You're not gonna be surprised when you hear people like Galen Warren wanting to tell their side of the story. Even Barbara Callahan, she's got something to bring to the table that people wouldn't imagine. How could Barbara Callahan know this? Man, there's so much that's going on now, and again, I can't say enough about Walter and Don. I can't. I'm not in their lane. Their lane about of, our, of our information. Yes, you
1: are. But I know
4: one thing. Yes, you are. But, but that, that's true. That <laughs> we 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 all have, we we all have a lane that we can travel in, and we all have information that we can bring to the table, and that's what we are trying to do. But well, the other it.
2: people were moving up and moving out of Hampton Park, you stayed. <laughs> you stayed. You get. Uh, you know, you you you've gotten people elected. If it wasn't for you, it'd be a whole bunch of black folks wouldn't be in office.
3: He's yep. right about that. Let me say something <laughs> here, uh, Tolard. I think the Tolard, Tolard family—they've been out here. For in the area for years. I deal with the Coles, which is uh, Toloyd's, I guess, first cousin,
0: yeah. Toloyd's grandfather,
3: yeah. and all his uncles, and he missed mother and all. And the Coles, we all, um, over Court Road, we were all family. Now, you're talking about church. Now, I didn't go to the same church they did, but I remember Miss Cole and the Coles and the Everest. Man, they they were in church, believe me. And then, because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I belong with Mount Bisgove and Preston Road. But anyway, I'm just saying that the community. You can go way, way, way back and talk about us. But Tolo and I and Thomas, Thomas Jefferson and I we're just like broke. Yep. I mean yeah. and, I, and uh, we had some other guys too. But we went down to Jarvis, man, nobody you know how to I mean we're talking about Jesus Christ, but still when you go into car, you gotta be ready ready for what's gonna happen. We knew we had each other's back. I mean, <laughs> that's where way it was. We had each other's back, man. But we all now, I'm just so glad to know we're talking about Jesus Christ. Almost by calling me, talking about how blessed he is, and I talk to other uh, classmates how blessed they are. It's just good. My wife is my pastor. It's just good to hear other 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 guys talking about how good Jesus is to them. Jesus is to them. But you know, I don't I don't uh, get a chance to be around people much anymore because I'm getting old. I have to stay at home a lot. But it's it's just good to hear people's voice and hear what they're thinking and. And going back over all the old stuff, you know, it just makes you feel good. Talk about the Star. Was, was James White down there with that? James White, yes. James White. A classmate. James that White, was a our classmate, classmate, too. Yeah. Aaron Robinson. Skinner. Aaron Skinner. Okay.
2: Uh, Neil Piggins. Yeah, they're my church mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're over at St. Luke, huh? Yeah. You're over at St. Luke now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I started going to church at Hamlin Park's First Baptist when it was over in the old Anderson Burnham School. Uh-huh. Down there. Yeah. That was when Hamlin Park first
1: started. Yeah. Near the ground pit. That's down, that's down on Close Hill Drive. That's where, that's where what I'm I'm there. I was. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that, you know. Yeah. You know, and, and and one of the things that I, I wanted to say, we got about, we got about five, probably about five, about five, six minutes. You know, uh, I want each one of you uh, to take, uh, Donald, just take a, like a minute to talk about how, what, what an impact your parents made on, on you to, to, for you to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then we're going to go over the Walter. So we got, I'm going to give you about a minute, uh, Donald, to, to just talk about uh, how your parents made an impact on you with. Your relationship with Jesus Christ
2: Well the the thing was Is they they taught us That uh, If uh, uh, If you go out there And you do something stupid We're going be, gonna to beat The Jesus Christ out of you <laughs> 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 And so If you didn't have none in you You had some When they finished with you
0: <laughs> so uh
2: Yeah. See that was that was my introduction to Jesus Christ. <laughs> boy, we're gonna be we're gonna be some Jesus Christ in you and we're gonna be some Jesus Christ out of you.
3: So. <laughs> hey let's
0: well, up, Walter. You, you you go we're gonna move this over to Wall. Now what what about yourself, Wall? We got about we got about okay, five, uh, I uh, go my mother and daddy
3: uh mother and daddy separated when I was a little baby but my mother was a diehard Christian her dad was Walter Turner. And uh one thing I, I my parents got my mother got from her dad was you treat everybody like you treat yourself. I mean love everybody. Like you want yeah. to be treated. Yes. Yeah. And uh I remember my grandfather telling me WA he called me W A Thomas called me Thomas Jefferson called me W B but my name is Walter Anderson Bar, so he said, WA say remember one thing. When you do something wrong just say forgive me, and he'll forgive you, and I never have forgotten that, you know, because I have done some things that were wrong, bad, sin, I've sinned, i sin every day, but I can ask God mm. to forgive me, and I learned from my mother that, you know, nobody's perfect, but God forgives you, and uh, so I feel good by that, I taught my boys that, I, I said, look, you're going to mess up sometimes, but you got to ask God to forgive you. Now, one other thing, too, is uh, my mother, and my grandfather, too, my mother, I smoked cigarettes when I was 15 years old. When I got to be 16, my mother would even buy me cigarettes and put the pack on the dresser. I never smoked one in front of her until I was out of high school. Respect. It's hard to respect. As as as, uh, as Peyton said, if we didn't respect, it beats the respect out of you. That's what would happen to you. So that's my, <laughs> my thing. But my family, just my mother was a diehard Christian and my grandfather was around a lot, was a diehard Christian and that's, that's, where, I, that's where I got mine from. I sound like now? Hey, say, uh, my TGI. wife, my wife, my pastor. So I'm still, still, still. Every, I mean, we got every day. That's all I am. Thank you. Oh, awesome, awesome.
1: <laughs> TJ, <laughs> got about 35 seconds for you. TJ, we already know you're in love with Jesus Christ, but I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to so, my, just say a little bit.
4: Up uh, 35 seconds is more than enough. It's very simple. Okay. When I was growing up, my mother and dad used to tell me, "If you go to school every day, you can go to church at least once a week." And I've always mm. grown up where I, the Christ has always been in my life, and he's more so in my life now than you could ever, ever believe. And it's just so well. wonderful to be a Christian, to be able to say that I love Jesus because hey. he first loved wow. me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, well, you know, uh, uh, we're going to come on next month again because i got my other people coming on next week and the week after. And uh, I, w- I won't. If you if there are some athletes out there that went to Hamilton Park. You need to get a hold of TJ or get the coach to Walter or get the way to Mr. Payton, Don Payton, because we want to try to have you on. Uh so we we'll get a chance to brag on you and you get a chance to talk about, about being an athlete in Hamilton Park. So get a hold of TJ or uh, uh, Walter Bonner or uh, even uh go to my website which is uh dot com. That's K R E dot com and uh email me. Give me that. Uh, give me be, that one more time. Okay, it's going to be k r e poetry, so poetry radio. dot com.
2: So krepoetryradio.com. radio.
1: dot com. Uh huh. That's my email address. And since I gave you that out, if some of y'all want to contribute to me, it's a cash app on that too. And you can just bail me. 'Cause the week the show's gonna keep going on regardless. But it's it's always a, a blessing to get get some because I have never really come on and ask for support. But uh, you know, Christmas is coming up and I got about Thanksgiving turkey and stuff and so I need some support for y'all to come on, keep let me keep coming on here doing this. But uh next week it's gonna be powerful because it's it's called the next week's show is gonna be The Power of Prayer. The power of prayer. And I got a bishop Tory D. Mosley. He's coming on and he's going to break down the Lord's Prayer. All right. The Power of Prayer. Next week, I mean, come listen next Sunday, 2.30 to 3.30, The Power of Prayer. Bishop Tory D. Mosley, and then I am ha- I have some people on there that are going to talk about how they prayed and God answered their prayer. So once again, I want to thank Walter Bonner. I want to thank my Don uh pa- Peyton and I always want to thank my, my guest uh, uh co host uh TJ and I, my my brother didn't get a chance to get on today maybe next week. And then I, I just want to thank y'all and remember this is Kenneth Richard Edwards Jr. That's that's the Lord Vanny's Boy Dilva and some of y'all it toe bitches. And we just want to thank you and we just want to let you know that God cares for you. Show him how much you care. And start to love all of his people. In Jesus' name, we ask you. So thanks again, and y'all have a blessed, blessed day. Thank you so much. Thanks again, mm-hmm. Walter. Thank you, uh, uh, TJ. Thanks, uh, yes. uh, Mr. Payton. I appreciate y'all. Yes, God right. bless.
0: God bless. All right. G I T A. God is down. Just pray. God is the Just pray. God is the only one that can fix it. God can do it. God can fix it. Man needs some help. He needs God's help. We need it.